You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, but I'm back alongside Thomas Carinante. Major League Baseball, while I was gone, tried to cancel the entire Yankees season. They said Yankees too hot, Yankees too good, 18-7 and on the year, 11-game winning streak. Uh, no more season, no more baseball. Rain out on Friday, rain out on Saturday, doubleheader Sunday, tripleheader Monday, quad header Tuesday between the Yankees and two different teams. Uh, the schedule in May is going to suck and we are going to whine about it, but you know what? It's more important that the Yankees get their business right on the offensive end. than MLB fix the schedule because at this moment we've seen the pause. It's in the past. No need to talk about getting games crammed into different days and how confusing it is. Just hit the baseball. And so far uh, into the fourth game, of this stretch uh, that's including the uh, pre-rainout Blue Jays finale plus the doubleheader yesterday plus the action right now. Uh, Nestor Cortez Jr. doing his thing. The Yankees offense doing its thing against John Gray. The bats have now been silent for four consecutive games. A bust out would be real nice. We know they're going to be streaky, but it always hurts to be on the lower end, the bad part of the streak. You want to get those bats going, especially against the Texas Rangers staff that loves getting hit. Um, I kind of expected those doubleheaders to be seven innings long. It was weird when they weren't, but it was nice that they weren't because the Yankees walked off in the ninth. Uh, when you pocket that first game win, feels really good. Uh, tragically, though, the Yankees did hit that home run in a Little League ballpark, uh, and we're going to probably focus most of this podcast on Chris Woodward, uh, the guy who deserves the most conversation. Uh, and you can find this podcast talking about Chris Woodward as well as the next seven volumes of the Chris Woodward is a bitch podcast on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five star review, drop us a mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. And we'll be more than happy to talk about this for sure. Um, this excited me, the response, you know, I wish the Yankees would have won last night's game. I wish the stand shot would have held up, or I wish they would have done something to score for Jordan Montgomery. Who knows? Uh, there were a few options on the table available to them. They took none of them. 
And so the Rangers did get to walk away happy with the second game. But Thomas Carinante, kudos to the New York media, Michael Kay, Cameron Mabin, even John Heyman, who is, I guess, part of the New York media now. He works for the Daily News, seems to be on the Yankees' side a lot in recent weeks and days. Um, nobody's letting this one go, and they're definitely not letting Chris Woodward lie about it and say he was kidding. He was not kidding. Uh, he called Yankee Stadium a Little League park as if only one of the teams gets to play Little League-style baseball. It's just exhausting, man. Like, I don't even care about this. I'm not bothered by it. I'm more embarrassed for Rangers fans, if we're going to be honest here. Like, imagine Aaron Boone after the wild card game against the Red Sox and was like, hey, if that big fucking dumb wall wasn't in the way like it's been for the last hundred years, we would have won the game. It would have been a lot easier to win the game. Yeah, we um, say that. That's what we say. That's not yeah. what <laughs> Make no mistake about it. We were saying that shit. Um, it's, it really is just, it's so stupid at this point because there are other ballparks with sillier dimensions. Like I watch games in Houston and I'm not just calling out Houston because I hate the Astros. I watch games. I I have MLB TV. I watch the Astros all the time. I like to watch the, our direct AL competitors and the home runs that go out there in left field are, it's just, it's crazy. Um, and every ballpark has certain dimensions that are favorable or unfavorable or whatever it is. Um, and at the end of the day, um, both teams have the opportunity to hit the ball wherever they want. Um, and they're faced with the same restraints or they're faced with the same advantages. Um, and the Rangers scoring one run in that game um, is their own problem and, and really nobody else's. Uh, and don't forget, Chris Woodward was the guy who cried about Fernando Tatis hitting that homer on a 3-0 count two years ago um, and then went on to talk about the unwritten rules. Um, and I could have sworn, I could have sworn and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. there is an unwritten rule that says don't be a bitch in Major League Baseball. And it seems it seems to me that Chris Woodward has broken that now twice. It's written. Um, that one's written. That one's in that one's in Abner Doubleday's original rules to the game of baseball. They spell baseball with a space between the base and the ball. Like it's very vintage. And then the first rule is don't be a bitch. It's the first rule of uh of Tom Hanks is no crying in baseball, right? I thought there was no crying in baseball. Um, so apparently there's a ton of crying. If you're the manager of a, a your his career record as manager was yesterday. It was like 183 and 261, I believe. Like the fact that he hasn't been dismissed yet is, is patience is being shown by the Texas Rangers organization. Congrats to them. I'm not sure why they're so confident. Chris Woodward is the guy to lead them on to the next generation of great Rangers baseball, but he is uh, barely holding on to a job and is uh, do it, yeah, recycling Red Sox talking points after getting walked off by Glaber Torres, who we'll talk about later, is hitting the ball harder than ever during his career, has a propensity for clutch moments all of a sudden, which is, you know, those are the handshake meme, right? You hit the ball hard, you make solid contact, you're more likely to be clutch, you're more likely to be good. Clutch is somewhere between a fallacy and a reality. You're kidding yourself if you don't think a player can be clutch, but of course you're more likely to be clutch if you're just sick at baseball. And Glaber Torres has been a little unlucky this year, batting 228, not that impressive, but hitting the ball really hard, coming through in a number of big moments. And this one, I mean, again, we could do an hour on Chris Woodward. This one wasn't even like one of the porch jobs that you like. No. Uh, you watch it. It's not even one that strikes me as something that I, I would I wouldn't bat an eye at that. And the stats bear it out. It would have gone out in 26 of the 30 major league stadiums. But Chris Woodward decides to go to the mat with the Red Sox fan talking points. Baby stadium. I'm surprised he's not on record calling the Dodgers 2020 title a Mickey Mouse ring. He sounds like a 16 <laughs> year old. Um, and I'm not spiraling over this. I couldn't care less. Like you said, it's just 
very sad that that's the kind of thing that we have to deal with. And it's the kind of thing that feels good when the Yankees are 19 and seven, because you can kind of just, you know, there were a 500 team and opposing teams were coming in here doing Mickey mouse stuff and talking about the baby wall. Then you'd be, be like, well, unfortunately my team does suck. 19 and seven best record in baseball winning percentage wise. Uh, again, offensively in a bit of a rut. Now that's yeah. sort of baseball. That's how it happens. That's it helps when your offense could go blast one uh, that would leave the yard in 26 of 30 stadiums and go win a game where you were basically, you know, treading water offensively the whole game. That's a nice way to equalize things, and turn things around. And then Chris Woodward in the second game won the game coming back from 2-0 down in the sixth inning in a rally started by like a 307-foot home run to right field by someone I've never heard of, Eli White. I mean – the, the king of porch jobs was that second home run that got the Rangers momentum going. So I, I hate that we have to keep talking back about this and saying like, you guys play in the same stadium. Isn't that obvious? Shouldn't that be obvious if you're over the age of nine? Uh, but it shouldn't, I guess we have to keep saying this because uh, when it creeps from fans into the dugout, into a manager yeah. excuse, that's when you have to look at the camera and say, you also played, you played at this ballpark, you played at this ballpark and, and Glaber did a great job responding to it after the game. Cause he's very nice. Yeah. Um, and you look at the you look at the hit Glaber had, like that's probably a double in parks that don't have a shorter fence. That came off the bat very fast. Um, the I don't think the right fielder in many circumstances would have had the proper amount of time to to adjust to that, turn around and catch it on on in stride unless he was unless he was placed further back in the outfield, which I don't know why that would be the case um in, in that specific instance. Um so, yeah, and like you said, it, it, this is all fine and good if it's just a bunch of schmucks on social media mm-hmm. laughing about porch jobs or making fun of the Yankees or doing whatever. But when this does permeate to professional people who are supposed who, whose um, opinions are held in higher regard and whose influence actually matters um, in some respect, like, you know, Jared Carabas laughing about the Yankee short porch doesn't really hold any weight outside of just the idiots who follow him on Twitter. Um, But a major league baseball manager pretending to joke about this because his tone was not joking. You and I have been alive for over 30 years now. We know what a joke is. That was not a joke. It was clearly he was agitated to a certain degree. Um, And then he tries to backtrack this morning by saying he meant no disrespect. Um, If that's your sense of humor and that's where you decide to deploy your sense of humor, um, it's terribly poor judgment, which – probably goes to show that along with your managerial record, you probably shouldn't be leading a major league baseball team at this juncture um, after everything that has transpired since you've taken over. Um, So I just think it's weak. I think it's boring. Um, I don't want to be talking about it, but what's our job if we're not talking about it? Um, I I think maybe he should focus on uh, scoring some runs with arguably two of the best bats in major league baseball, but Marcus Simeon has what? a 30 OPS plus and Corey Seager is, is now come crashing back down to earth after a fast two weeks. Um, so the Rangers have plenty of other things that they need to get together. The last thing they need to worry about is actually being helped out by a shorter fence because they can't score any runs this season either. Yeah. This was supposed to be the year for Chris Woodward. And I guess he's sort of agitated because all eyes are on him. Now they, they didn't just go out and sign one of the top shortstops. They signed two of the top shortstops. And those guys, uh, you know, I think they'll probably rebound to the mean at some point or, or come close to the mean, but it's also May 9th. And, you know, Marcus Simeon's one of the worst performing 
baseball players in Major League Baseball. I don't know why that's the case. Um, it, it's not like uh, it's not like Trevor Story. The alternative has been, uh, you know, has been. It's it's really down to Story and Simeon for who's who's the worst players in Major League Baseball at this point. Um, now I'm I'm gonna go too vociferously on that because I'm sure Simeon will sting us by the end of today's game. Uh, the Yankees third in uh, two days, and they've got a uh, 38 more in the next week to rack up and. And eventually they might uh, normalize. But uh, yeah, obviously big expectations for the Rangers this offseason. Things went off the rails quickly. Detroit Tigers style, though the Rangers aren't quite that bad. And I'm not sure why, uh, you know, opposing, uh, you know, the the, the Rangers uh, brass are that confident that Woodward is absolutely the guy to lead this theoretical new era of Rangers baseball. Again, raise the hand, give credit where credit's due to the Yankees announcers. To Maben, yeah. UK, who've been all over this since the comments went public, uh, not letting Woodward say he was kidding. That's very nice of that. He was not kidding. Watch the video, like Thomas said. Unless this is your first go round with what is and isn't kidding. Um, you know, unless you <laughs> think kidding is, I mean, Jim Carrey's kidding, the Showtime show, took on a very serious tone. Perhaps that's your definition of kidding. Uh, but if you <laughs> define the word, if you define the word as joking, uh, then no, that's not what Chris Woodward was doing. Um, how about Boone? How about Boone too? Yeah, let's uh, let's give credit where it's due to the right people. K tweeting this morning. It's great to be in Williamsport for today's game. <laughs> Cameron Mabin yesterday uh, when the Re- when the Rangers hit that dinky homer. Uh, I got the exact quote here, but he he goes. Uh, uh, are there take backs in this game? You 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 gonna take one back because it's a cheapie or, or how's that go? Cameron Mabin, the GOAT, saying what we're all thinking. And then after the game, Aaron Boone, obviously. Uh, there is no slicker move in baseball than the refuse-to-comment comment, which Boone managed to pull off uh, on Sunday night. You know, they asked him. They tried to get him going. They go, you know, what do you think about Chris Woodward's uh, remarks about the Little League Stadium? And he kind of looks, side-eye, you know, no comment. I'm not going to talk about that. And then in the three-second pause before, you know, another question is broached, he just drops a little bit of the math is wrong. There's... It, it's not 99% of ballparks that would have held it. There's only 30 ballparks. And he's right. Uh, you'd have to add several ballparks to be able to get to 99% in any percentage. You know, we're not even really close at this point. There are 30 ballparks. It's 29. Let's say Yankee teams, the only one it gets out on. It's like a 96.5 or, or so percentage. You add an extra ballpark, goes up to 96.77. I mean, you're going to have to add a good 10 ballparks uh, to get anywhere close to the math that, that Woodward's offhandedly laying out. But when I go for math advice in Major League Baseball, I'm looking for Theo Epstein. I'm looking for Hyam Bloom. I'm looking for Andrew Friedman. I don't think I'm looking towards Chris Woodward or the Texas Rangers dugout in general. Um, so it's not like I expected, uh, you know, advanced calculus from Chris Woodward's postgame presser. But I would have rather he give a little bit more credit to Glaber Torres, who, again, we will get to it, but is hitting the snot out of the ball and stunted on that one. Uh, took an oppo shot, uh, lofted it, kept carrying. Like you said, math says 26 to 30 ballparks. I don't know that to be true for sure. Can't guarantee it. Only saw it go out in one of them, and it was the one yesterday's game was being played in, uh, which the Rangers also participated in. Uh, The Rangers had uh, the entirety of yesterday's game to participate in that game. They tied that game on a short portrait from Cole Calhoun off Garrett Cole. Uh, The old Cole-Cole Pac-12 matchup. Cole talked about it. He gave him some tough ABs back in college. That was a tough AB, and it ended with a line drive homer that wouldn't have got out in most ballparks, but did go out in this one. So mm, stick to the math that uh, is even-handed. You don't need to twist the math around. Get it to a place where the Rangers are suddenly in the one place in the world where they would have lost yesterday's game. 
Glaber had one earlier in the game. I'm, I'm now following this account called Would It Dong. Do you yeah, that? Red Sox fans love to talk about Would It Dong whenever the Yankees go short porch. I've been looking for some Red Sox home runs for rebuttal there. Unfortunately, they don't hit it. any. Yeah, they, they just don't hit yeah. any home runs. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. they don't come yeah. close because they're bad. Hey, I've, I've never seen a Would It Dong Red Sox because they haven't hit a ball out since April 12th. But I'll, I'll keep checking. <laughs> Glaber had one off Glenn Otto yesterday um, that went 395 feet at 100 over 103 mile, miles an hour. It would have been a home run in 24 of 30 ballparks. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the bottom of the fourth inning, so it would have extended the Yankees' lead um, uh, from two nothing. Could have helped. Could have helped out the cause. Um, also, Chris Woodward, 45 year old guy, so like not a Joe Madden who I love Joe Madden, nice dude, but like not of the Joe Madden age, not of the Buck Showalter age where you're referencing the old days. Oh, back in my day, you know, you didn't do that or you got thrown at or we, we, we would have a problem or, you know, you, you'd be someone, someone would come up to you and, and reprimand you. It's like you're a 45-year-old dude and he was surprised by two years ago the backlash that he had received for calling out Fernando Tatis and the Padres for um, – Tati swinging on the three zero count with the bases loaded, um, and the same thing. Not a, not um, Woodward, but a similar thing happened this year where the Nationals got pissed off because the Giants were scoring runs in the top of the ninth inning, up six mm-hmm. runs, and then you see the Mets come back from six runs down and beat the Phillies to score seven runs in the ninth, and it's like, it does it happened. really matter here? Does it? Can you just sc- score runs? If you're good, you'll get the batters out. It's not like th- this isn't this isn't a little league mercy rule. You want to talk about little league? Playing little league is 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 having a mercy rule because the competition mm-hmm. is so lopsided. This is major league baseball. Everybody here is a professional. We shouldn't be complaining about certain circumstances. We shouldn't be complaining about other players being better than other players. If you have a team that fields the requisite amount of players to make up a roster, those guys should be good enough to play baseball to get other guys out, and their abilities to do things shouldn't be in question or. Um, they shouldn't be, oh, well, you know, our guys aren't good enough or, oh, we're losing the game by too much. So we need to, we need to lay off a little bit. So you have Woodward complaining about a time where his team was down seven runs and then went down 11 and that was not good enough for him. And then you have the Yankees winning on a walk-off quote, cheap shot in a little league ballpark. And that's not good enough for him either. So I think he kind of just needs to figure things out for himself. Yeah, unwritten rules. You can't try to score when you're down seven. When you're up seven one, you can't try to steal bases when you're up seven one. But written rules, you can put an outfielder in a pitch down eighteen two and just have people torpedo baseballs off. <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's the level of competition. Being like, we're gonna just put in some guy. Like that doesn't make a mockery of Major League Baseball, but you know, stealing a base up seven one does. Uh, and that's a lead that can be a rate, you know, it's a bad game. If you blow seven, one lead for sure. <laughs> it goes, it goes in the column of uh, wish that hadn't happened, but it happens. Hopefully not too often. If it happens to you too often, you're probably a bad team, but the teams blow seven, one leads, not usually in the ninth. That's the Philly special, but teams do blow seven, one leads and it's very upsetting and true. Um, Let's talk about what we've got on the horizon for the Yankees, unfortunately. Uh, again, I'll do a million years on Woodward. I'll keep talking about it. The Yankees' upcoming schedule is terrible. Um, I mean, you don't want to mince words. Uh, the only lucky thing about it is the opponent quality. Um, and again, every major league team, decent. The Baltimore Orioles proving to be decent. Ahead of the Boston Red Sox. Ahead, they've sent the Boston Red Sox into last place. So 
not, saying opponent quality is not saying that like, well, the Yankees at least have some easy peasies in here. No, it's just you would rather face the Orioles seven times in this stretch than the Blue Jays seven times. That's all we're saying. And yeah. you know, we're not rooting for facing any of these teams. But the Yankees had two random off days after the Thursday off day due to rainouts. Um, my bachelor party was this weekend. I saw zero Yankees games until it was over, until the drive home, which is insane. Uh, I had some good buddies who were like, I kind of wish we were going to the stadium instead of we went to Cooperstown, New York. They're like, God, it kind of feels weird that we're not going to the stadium for your bachelor party. And I kind of was just like, yeah, yeah, it does feel a little bit weird. Then I tried to get one of them to go to the game on Sunday with me. And he was like, it's Mother's Day and I have a child uh, and my wife is going to shoot. <laughs> I was like, that's valid. Yeah, you can't do that. But there, I mean, thank goodness we didn't plan that because there were no baseball games, uh, which now leads into uh, they played two against the Rangers yesterday. They're playing the Rangers now in what was supposed to be an off day. They played two against the Blue Jays for no reason. Uh, so today's a day game tomorrow. That? I, I don't know what that was. That was a scheduled series, a, a two-game home set against the Blue Jays. Uh, one day, one night, the night game comes first, then the getaway day, uh, 12-35 day game. Then they they need the getaway day because they go to Chicago, play the White Sox four times in four days. White Sox getting hot, swept the Red Sox, although don't know what that means. Can't tell if that means you're good or not. Uh, going to Baltimore for four immediately thereafter. Got a getaway day the next day, too. Coming home, facing Chicago three times in three days. Then Baltimore Orioles three times in three days. Then going to Tampa for Rays games in four days. So the Yankees end up with 23 games in 22 days. But now we're all the way down to 21 in 21. A classic stretch of baseball. It's not unrelenting. It's not unforgiving. But as soon as you get into the rain out in here, you start getting into trouble. Uh, which probably will happen. It's raining in New York. It's raining in Baltimore. It's raining in Chicago. The only place where you can't get a rain out is Tampa, Florida. Um, And there are a whole lot of, I would rather have a rain out in Tampa, Florida than have to play a fucking major league baseball game in whatever that place is, uh, which has a roof. And honestly, I bet that thing leaks. So I I can't even guarantee you there's not going to be a rain out inside in Tampa. Uh, So this Yankees team has set themselves up very well. For a stretch like this, again, going 19 and 8 is going to help you out in many ways because yeah. uh, every, you know, every baseball team has tough stretches. Two against the Blue Jays, four at the White Sox is a difficult stretch, especially as the White Sox get in gear. Uh, you're not going to win all of those baseball games. That's why going 9 and 0 against the Guardians, Royals, and Orioles in a stretch where you could have easily gone 7 and 2 and just shaken hands and been like, hey, a sweep two, two games. Out of three, that's not bad. That's why you like banking those extra wins because the season gets weird. It's frustrating to have your momentum blunted by something you can't control for what feels like the thousand straight season. Usually, it's an injury. This time, it's a three you know days off thanks to two rainouts. And clearly, the offense has come back and not been quite the same as it was prior to the rainouts. Again, it was bound to happen at some point. Nobody mashes all year long. Nobody pitches all year long. Michael King gave up a two-run homer yesterday. Their 162-game season is all about being ready for the end of it. But that said, the offense is going through a prolonged slump now, in large part due to the fact that they had to take three random days off, chugged beers at the Rangers game, thought they were playing the next day, weren't, snoozing on the couch. It's, It's really no secret why this offensive rhythm looks a little bit off. Glaber looks fine. Stanton Looks fine. He's sort of in a rhythm. He's doing that thing where he's ripping liners, but everybody else is in trouble. Um, and then, you know, when the top of the lineup is producing runs 
everything sort of falls into place. You know, when you can put up four or five guaranteed on a given day from two homers and productive outs, then great. But when the top of the lineup isn't doing it and the bottom of the lineup is Jose Trevino in the catcher hole, then you start looking at it going, I kind of miss scoring runs. That was a pretty big bummer that we're not doing that anymore. And right now, the offensive output is not there. If we're to look at this in a greater scope, actually, it's 29 games in 28 days. And then after that, it's 26 games in 27 days. So it ends up being 55 games in 55 days, um, Mm. which is which is a lot. A lot of games. Yeah. And they don't play on July 4th. I don't know who decided that on the schedule. Um, I don't know who needs a stone cold stunner for that. Um, but I don't know why the New York Yankees are not playing on July 4th. They're also Steinbrenner's birthday. Steinbrenner's birthday, too. It is? Yeah, July 4th. Oh. Um, yeah, so oh they oh I'm sorry. No, they have another day off in between there. I, I missed the, the 30th. They don't play a Memorial Day either. Um Great. so yeah, so it's uh 56 games in in 57 days, um, which is still a lot. And I think it's gonna show. Um, I think it's going to show us really what the team is made of. Look, other teams are going through similar tough stretches. The Dodgers have 31 games in 30 days, which is which is not easy, and they started that on the road um, against the Cubs this weekend. Um, but you look at the Yankees as currently constructed, um, and there's still a lot of question marks. Um, not bad, but just like, okay, how long is this going to last? You look at Nestor Cortez dealing right now against the Rangers. It's awesome to watch. How many innings does Nestor have – He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna surpass the thirty inning mark a month into the season, um, and he's never thrown more than ninety two in a single year. Um, so that's something to watch. Luis Severino, twenty four innings so far throughout the first month of the season. This big stretch coming up. What's Aaron Boone gonna do with the rotation if there's if there's no off days? If somebody's not getting that extra day of rest, are we calling up a couple guys for a spot start to to break it up in between? I don't know. You look at the bullpen. <clears throat> yes, Michael King finally gave up a run. Um, how long is that going to last with him? What's how is Clay Holmes going to get tired? Is Chapman finally going to, is he going to, is he going to endure the stretch that he did last year? That was nightmarish. Um, I mean, he, he hasn't pitched in a week and a half or whatever. So you know, you know, his next outing is going to look funky as hell. So <laughs> yeah, just be prepared for that. Yeah. So um, yeah. And, and, and it's going to be, we're going to be looking at, I think people are going to start, this is when people are going to start getting mad because you're playing 56 games in 57 days you got to have off days for some guys, especially if you're traveling. Um, and especially if you have some inferior opponents in here, um, like the Orioles, um, like the Cubs, um, like the athletics um, and like the guardians again. Um, so someone's going to have to, not everybody's going to be able to play um, as, uh, as consistently as they have. Um, it, I'm not banking on an injury, but, you have to think something it's just going to be, it's going to be a test in so many ways for the overall longevity from a production standpoint and from a health standpoint. Um, Cause this is where, this is where it's going to start to change. Um, and you know, the, the pressure is a little bit off right now because they were able to get through those first um, 25, uh, 30 games or whatever it was um, in the manner that they were. Um, so I just think over the next two months, there's going to be a lot more complaining um, I, I hope Aaron Boone sticks with what he what, what he has with so far. Um, his bullpen management has been great. He's kept the lineup pretty much static um, where it should be uh, based on uh, performances um, thus far. Um, so I think he has a lot to lean on based on what we've learned um, through the first month. 
Um, but it's it, it's not going to get any easier. Uh, I, I think we're go- we're going to see another prolonged slump throughout throughout this this period. But it'll be it'll be up to them showing us what they got. I, I think that this team is up for the task. Um, they, they've shown me nothing. They, they've they've done nothing but impress me and show resilience up until this point. So I'm not necessarily worried about it. Um, but but, but I, I think a lot of those a lot of these talking points are worth considering. Um, when you're looking at a stretch as daunting as this um, over the next two months. And let's say they dominate this upcoming one. Let, let's yeah. say they prove us wrong and, and they do really well in Chicago and the Baltimore series, they go six and one in those seven games or something. And they escape these 23 games in 22 days with like, I don't know, a, a 16 and seven record or something. And then everybody goes, Oh, Oh, you guys were whining about the schedule, but look at this. Like, you know, even a 14 and nine, like, oh, that's called surviving or whatever. Well, then the stretch you need to worry about is is the mid-June one where they go three against the Rays, three in Toronto, three in Tampa against the Rays, and four against the Astros. Like, you're, I'm not necessarily even worried about this current stretch, which could go, you know, not well. The Yankees could struggle with no off days. It's totally possible. The offense ain't hitting right now. You're already seeing, you know, some negative ramifications of the rainouts, but, but let's say they perform really well here. And then all of a sudden a couple people are on the shelf and a couple relievers don't look the same. And the rotation, you know, Jordan Montgomery is still getting yanked at 71 pitches and they don't have these arms to cover the innings. And then all they've got this mid June rampage against these really talented teams. And that's where the cracks begin to show. It's possible. We won't be able to accurately judge this tough stretch at the end of May. We might have to wait until the middle of June. Let's see which bodies are available for that big stretch and no stretch now is as big as a stretch in October. We're not saying like this season will be determinative. You know, you need to finish strong in May or else it's over. No, nobody's saying that, but obviously the Yankees are in a bit of a predicament that they probably should not have been in that, uh, you know, it wasn't raining upstate. I tell you that much. Maybe we should have relocated the, uh, Yankees home games in the Bronx upstate saw some people cracking out with the like it's ridiculous there isn't a retractable roof at Yankee Stadium take this weekend um, I mean I thought you guys were traditionalists like you you want to put a roof on Yankee Stadium all of a sudden like the I don't understand 60 year olds on Twitter I never will in like a thousand different ways like in some they of them, have Twitter some of them are Russian bots some of them are you know the blue wave resistance Twitter people some of them are just tweeting their thoughts at brands at Dunkin' Donuts. Great latte today. Thanks. And, and so I never really understand what 60 year olds are doing on Twitter, but they both complain about like how baseball needs to get back to the old days, no strikeouts or whatever. But then all of a sudden the same people are like, put a roof on my beloved Yankee stadium. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, I wish this had not derailed the team's progress at all. Um, it's so funny to go from 2021 where I'm like begging for rain. It's like, Oh my God, save me from watching the Yankees, please save my ass. And now I'm like, oh, man, I'm genuinely missing baseball. Um, went up and had a baseball weekend with a lot of friends, uh, you know, enjoyed beers on the porch. Baseball Hall of Fame is great. Got an extremely NSFW cameo from Jose Canseco. Disgusting. Uh, that guy uh, needs to look in the mirror. Um, but <laughs> I was hoping to enjoy some baseball along with that. Instead, I'm just watching Rangers hockey. I'm watching the Penguins ninth string goalie uh hang on to defeat the rangers in game three so uh, not quite what i was expecting and and thanks mother nature uh you 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 should have probably delivered these rainouts last year that's all i'm saying 
a nice a pile of rainouts in 2021 would be more appreciated than in this current stretch where the Yankees are impressing. Uh, let's talk about one of the most impressive men on that roster, the guy who ended Sunday's first game, Glaber Torres. Uh, because what a whirlwind April has been. Uh, prior to the season, I would say Glaber was pretty obviously the guy that was written off. As, uh, you know, once Gio Urshela got out of town, probably the one other lingering mystery in the infield picture, considering Oswald Peraza was right there. Anthony Volpe starting double A. Oswaldo Cabrera is a guy who probably should have been on the big league roster to start the season instead of Marwin Gonzalez, et cetera, et cetera. They got shortstops at the lower levels. They got Trey Sweeney and Glaber isn't even a shortstop. You can't put him there. We yelled about it. We yelled about it a hundred times. They're putting him at short. He looked awful. Lo and behold... Uh, Volpe started off the year real slow, hot now. Numbers still look bad. Cabrera and Peraza, terrible at AAA. Just awful. Again, it's just April, you know, April 2022. Not making a grand judgment on their lives. They're young, but pretty objectively shouldn't be in the majors right now, considering they're struggling at a lower level. Torres... Right now, I basically have to play him every day. He leads Major League Baseball in outs above average as a second baseman. He's been, by some metrics, the best defensive second baseman in baseball. And offensively, you know, 443 slugging, 710 OPS, 228 average, four bombs, 13 ribs entering today. Still a small sample size, 87 plate appearances. He's only got 18 hits on the season. We are not talking about a full season's worth of baseball. But the data, his average exit velocity in the 89th percentile, hard hit percentage, 88th percentile, expected slugging, 92nd, expected weighted on base, 87th chase rate. He swings and misses too much on balls outside of the zone, and he doesn't walk, but he doesn't strike out much, 78th percentile. Most of the numbers are red. We've already touched on how these numbers are better than Glaber's career year in 2019 when he rode the juice balls in the Orioles' bullpen to 38 homers uh i don't know if he'll ever be that again but i do know that he's 25 years old right now and just had arguably the best month of solid contact of his major league career and it led to clutchness he is now clutch being good helps you be clutch. It's one of the key factors in being clutch. If you are talented at baseball and striking the ball well, especially in an offensive environment that has been a desert for most people, it stands out more. He's not a pushover in this lineup anymore. You get him uh, the you know the uh, Isaiah Connor Falefa scoring the game winning run in the Guardians game. That Ruby walk off single will stand out. But the home run yesterday, his second walk off of the year, the Toronto series. He was the one to deliver that home run to turn it into a tune in the game. He was the one to break the tie late in the eighth. Turn it over to Chad Green, who got the job done. Is Chad Green clutch? It's a conversation for a later date. But Glaber so far this year has been the man you want up in scenarios like that late and close. And it's crazy to think about where he started this season and where he is now. Yeah, an opening day sack fly to tie the game. Um, Off the bench, fresh, cold yeah. Glaber. Yeah. Very bizarre. And also you look at fan graphs, um, his defensive – Rating, I guess I don't know what I don't know what the metric is called. Fangraphs defense, one point zero on the year. He's never had a positive um, throughout his entire career. Negative three point six rookie season. Negative four twenty nineteen. Somehow better metrics. Negative point eight and negative uh, two point five at shortstop in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. This year a full one. Um, 
And you don't see the results with the OPS and the average, but you do see the results with WRC plus, uh, which is a 107, um, and his OPS plus, which I think is like a 110. Um, I could look that up in a second. Um, but it, another weird thing is like Glaber Torres is literally the eye test this year. You have to watch games to understand that he's been clutch and he's been good because you even look at the splits, high leverage splits. He's batting 261 with a 756 OPS, um, two outs with runners in scoring position, 222 average with a 444 OPS, runners in scoring position just in general, 222 with a, a 638 OPS. Um, so you really have to like look in you have you have to, you have to be watching the game to understand what's going on because the the, the metrics are not showing this. Um, but the late and close does show it. I will say that 357 with a 946 OPS, um, one homer, four RBI. So that's the only thing that shows um, how valuable he's truly been. And it does have me wondering now because if he is turning into this guy where he's he's super valuable on defense and he is a clutch bat. If it's not if it's not an entirely consistent bat, it doesn't matter. All it needs to be is clutch. All you need to be in baseball is clutch. You can you can bat under two fifty for your career. If you come through in big moments for your team, that's how you make a name for yourself. That's how how is Sandy Sandy Leone a red in a Red Sox legend batted two hundred his entire career, just came through in a couple of big moments. Fans love them. That's that's really what it comes down to. Hey, I'll um, be the only one to say it. Can Glaber play shortstop? he can't he can't do that but you're right yeah now what is the play here because you're not putting dj lemay on the bench because his return to the leadoff spot when this lineup has been hitting has been the difference him and ikf kind of bookending the things with uh bookending the situation with higher averages and 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 more aggressiveness um in that uh in those uh in those spots is this just a is this just a way for the Yankees to increase Glaber Torres' trade value in any, I know they're not planning on him being clutch, but are they going to use this to their advantage um, at, when the trade deadline approaches? Um, I, I wouldn't think so, but at the same time, are they just going to sit there and hold on to him and have a guy who's 25 years old, kind of be like a part-timey type player where mm-hmm. he's getting time, but he's also not like the main guy you're calling upon but he's also kind of clutch. So you have to put him in these weird situations. I don't know. Um, The usage hasn't been like super questionable to me, but it's evident that he's like, he's kind of second tier on the team right now. When you look at just the hierarchy in general. Um, So now that I wonder, I think other teams would value his ability to hit in clutch situations. I think the return of his, um, his, uh, his hard contact and his patience at the plate kind of changes things. Even if the numbers across the board are not fully there, um, if you're seeing positive results in um, a category such as delivering in late and close situations and delivering in the clutch, um, that kind of changes the game for a player as a whole, on a, a, a player, how they're viewed just in the general scope of fans and, and how they're viewed differently by rival front offices. So um, I think it's worth keeping an eye on or at least thinking about um, up until the trade deadline, um, because I don't know, you tell me. I don't know if I don't know if this is enough for Gleyber Torres to still salvage his long term outlook as a New York Yankee, um, just based on where the highs have been and where the lows have been. And now we're reaching like this nice little middle ground period, which is which is admittedly nice. But 
if the sample size, you know, continues to increase and he's batting 250, but he's really clutch and you still have DJ LeMay under contract for five more years, like what's the situation there? I do not know. Um, it does seem a little bit complicated though, because you're taking away a lot of playing time from a 25 year old, which doesn't seem entirely fair. Um, so I don't know how other people are viewing this, but that's just kind of where my brain's at when I'm, when I'm looking at it. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not giving him an extension. I'm, I'm not thinking about it. I think uh, it's funny. The Yankees went from having all these extension candidates to now the pool is drying up. Like it was like, well, you got to pay judge and you got to pay Gary Sanchez and you got to pay Glaber. And now it's kind of like, do you want to pay Jordan Montgomery or not? That's really the only guy who is involved in the extension conversation. You know, some might, he's clearly an elite starting pitcher for 65 to 75 pitches a game. Uh, and he is somebody who every single Jordan Montgomery game ends up looking the exact same. Yankees don't hit for him. He pitches well enough to win. Yankees don't hit enough. He doesn't win, but he doesn't exactly pitch well enough to win the games he's actually given because he's given one nothing and two nothing leads. So he's you know he's pitching well enough to win a theoretical game, but not the game that's really on the field in which he is not quite pitching well enough or long enough to win. So all of a sudden you've got extension money floating that is much more likely to go to Judge who they're going to have to pool that together because he's earned himself 30 or $40 million this year. We talked about it last week already. He's, he's already somebody, as long as he stays healthy and relatively consistent, he's done all he had to do to make a notable jump in consistency to get that additional $40 million. Um, so, you know, Glaber Torres being Glaber Torres having a clutch April with good hard hit stats is not enough for me to reevaluate his long-term future. As long as the guys on the low levels below him are performing up to expectations now they're not i can't sit here today looking in the eyes and say peraza is the shortstop of the future volpe is the second baseman of the future um i I believe in those guys and i certainly believe in volpe who you know like we've noted has turned it around in in recent days um it's hard to say that again it's another thing that i can't can't lock eyes with you and say i'm happy with anthony volpe's start to the season where he's hitting 195 with a 330 OBP and 732 OPS. But his first taste of double A, that's not bad. I mean, and you look at the splits, it's getting much better. And relative to the league, he's performing well. I'd just rather Anthony Volpe be hitting 280 with power instead of 195 with power. So that's certainly a situation where if you're like, his WRC plus is actually, and I'm like, no, just hit 270, hit 280. Uh, don't need my, don't need Joey Gallo at short. Thank you. Uh, although he doesn't strike out that much. I, I believe in him. I believe in him. I'm still staking my claim on Volpe Island. I'm not letting his first cold weather, cold bat month at double-A Somerset sway me away from that. And so with LeMahieu long-term and LeMahieu looking like this, unless you want to convert DJ LeMahieu to a left fielder, which you shouldn't, he's going to have to take up an infield spot. This, to me, it doesn't tell me anything about Glaber's long-term future. It just makes the Urshela trade that much more obvious. You can't carry around starter-level depth for any longer than you have to. And yeah. I and I really thought that they were going to end up dumping Geo for some really underwhelming return. And they ended up getting IKF, who is somebody who, let's say the shortstop job gets usurped next year, he can absolutely play 110 games as a super sub. You don't have to worry about that with him. He will he'll he's your third catcher right now. Third um, base. Yeah, he can play third, he can play short, he can play second, Glaber DH. IKF can probably play the outfield. Would you be shocked? I wouldn't be shocked. He can do that roving thing better than Torres can for damn sure. So let's say somebody supplants him. You know, you can move him to the bench 
you can't move Gio Rochelle to the bench and play him at short and third every a couple of days. So that trade was 100% worth it. It opened up playing time for Glaber Torres, who's already getting squeezed now. Imagine how much he'd be getting squeezed if they hadn't done that. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, it's weird. And once again, I ran into – I didn't get involved. I just ran into another – I ran into another social media thing where there's a contingent of Yankee fans who don't like DJ LeMahieu. Um, and I don't really get it because uh, now that you mentioned him and we talked about him atop the lineup and how it kind of makes all the difference um, – I don't know why people don't like him, especially the advanced stats people who are in, are citing the, oh, WRC plus for Volpe and Gallo, they'll be fine. Everything for DJ checks out. Not only does he hit for average. And the, the other thing about this is we, yeah, sometimes too often we will hold average batting average in, in higher regard. Older generations will hold batting average in higher regard than they perhaps should in this day and age. But what's the What's the end game in baseball? It's to hit the baseball and put it in play and to get on base. So if you're doing that, you're literally you're you're succeeding in in the one facet of the game that says, hey, this can determine if you're good or not. If you can hit the ball, time pitch as well, and also put the ball in spots where the where the fielders are not. And then on top of that, you look at DJ LeMahieu, a 129 OPS plus and a 132 WRC plus. 289 average. I know the 765 OPS isn't like the most desirable, but it's good. And it's clear that, you know, him hitting 300 for most of the year thus far has propelled the Yankees in a way that we haven't really seen um, since 2019. Uh, And I know that other circumstances had played into that in 2020 and 2021 um, with injuries and other people underperforming around him. Um, But I just don't understand I don't understand the the disdain for DJ LeMahieu, especially because he strikes out very little um, and he gets on base. He has a high OBP. He has a 354 OBP. So it's like it's not like his batting average is nearly identical to his OBP. He's he's finding other ways to get on base. So um, I know this is not what we plan on talking about, but I was just once we brought him up, I pulled up to see how he was officially doing after the last couple games mm-hmm. um, and even the advanced stats check out. So I don't understand like. I don't know what leg these people have to stand on when they're criticizing DJ LeMahieu um, and standing guys like Joey Gallo. Who, Joey Gallo, nice little rebound for Joey Gallo. Um, I think 285 over his recent stretch of games um, uh, where he's kind of been on fire. We see the power coming back. We're seeing more of an effortless swing, him hitting balls in the zone, which is great. Um, But we've never seen DJ LeMahieu endure anything close to a stretch Joey Gallo has, and nobody's defended him in that regard, even when he was injured and outperforming Glaber Torres. So I don't know, just confusing stuff. I just, it'd just be nice if we liked our players and held the ones accountable that we should and leave the guys alone who are producing, but I don't know. I guess I'm the idiot. I guess I'm the idiot too. I, we got to get off the air. The Yankees at the bases loaded one out for judge. He got another call to strike at his own shoe tops uh, struck out and Rizzo struck out. So no more runs. Uh, why would you score? Why would you score ever? Um, so after just doing 47 minutes on why I do believe in this team and why they set themselves up well, um, they, this is an entire three. This is the worst three game series offensive performance ever. If you take the Rangers pitching into account. So before I uh, absolutely throw a disc through my screen, uh, it's worth signing off. This will not be forever, but it is currently happening. It's dreadful. It's very, 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 very. It sucks. Uh, the offense is terrible right now. Right now. The offense is terrible right now. Not forever, but right now. That is it. 
for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We will be there. You can also find us live on YouTube, 2 o'clock Eastern Mondays and Thursdays. That's official. Stay tuned for some big things coming up. We're going to be giving you details later in the week. And we're not talking guests, folks. We're talking beyond guests. We're talking expansion. We're talking come on by. Check us out. Watch the show. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinerb. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinerb. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, thanks for coming back, Adam, that 45-minute solo episode. I don't even know how I, I talk that long. Do that. I, do really like don't 20, know. I do like 20 while you're gone. I don't know why you do that. Yeah, I don't know. I just kept talking. And uh, once I find myself not saying um and, you know, over and over again, I know it's kind of organic. And then I look up and I'm like, I've been talking for 45. Who is listening to this? Um but anyway, great to have you back, uh, folks. Hit me up on at Tommy's underscore takes. Find both of us at yanksgoyard.com. We got our bylines up there, writing plenty of content for you, ripping Chris Woodward, having a good time. Head on over to the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. Um, and for crying out loud, just get a win today. Uh, we'll chill for the rest of the week, hang out. We'll talk to you again on Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, live on YouTube and Twitter, um, with hopefully not um, an anemic offensive performance under our belt for the remainder of the week. So uh, sit tight, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good week. Have a good week. We will see you on Thursday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.